Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom is built for your psychology and your biology, meeting you where you are. Noom Weight uses psychology. That's why they say losing weight starts with your brain. But it also takes into account your unique biological factors, which also affect weight loss success. The program helps you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have cravings. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available for pre-order wherever books are sold. Hey everyone, welcome to Lauren Interviews. I'm your host, Lauren Conlin. All right, so let's talk about what has been happening in the world of entertainment. So I know um, I skipped a week last week and I did not tell anybody I was going to miss Labor Day, but you know what? It was Labor Day, so I decided to not labor and not do an episode, but I'm back. So yeah, okay, Brittany and Sam are clearly getting divorced and I had talked about Sam moving into this crazy expensive apartment building in LA. Well, yeah, it turns out that Brittany is footing the bill for that. So he is getting uh, some money out of that marriage, which is very interesting. And Brittany seems to be living her best life, going to Cabo with her friends and just doing her thing. In other news, Danny Masterson from That 70s Show, who was on trial for um, the rape of three women from his his church, actually, the Church of Scientology, he got convicted uh, on two accounts of rape. The third, he did not get convicted on, and he was just sentenced. And his sentence is not light. It's 30 years to life. So he will be serving that. And I mean, I, like, I don't know what you guys think, but I don't think he will even serve 30 years, like at all. I feel like he will serve five, um, if that, but I guess, you know, time will tell. But I truly believe that the Church of Scientology did cover these rapes up. And I believe that Danny Masterson kind of thought that this would help him get away with it or the church would help him get away with it. And that just didn't work. So yeah, crazy. What else is happening, guys? Uh, Jimmy Fallon. So this was interesting. I always liked Jimmy Fallon. He always seemed like a really nice guy to me, and he very well might be. But Rolling Stone did this expose on him and uh, his toxic work environment. So they spoke to 80 people, former employees, current employees uh, that worked for Fallon, and most of them surprisingly would not talk on the record, but they refused to say anything positive about working there. So a lot of the reports are conflicting and some uh, employees are coming out and saying, well, this is really upsetting because Jimmy's never been anything but nice to everybody. And others are saying, no, he has crazy hissy fits all the time and we never know which Jimmy we're going to get. It was reported that Jimmy did hold a Zoom with his showrunner to um, to address this with all the employees. And he did a really heartfelt apology. So I don't know. I've, I've always thought he was genuine. He, he seemed to be the only late night talk show host that I could really stomach. 
lately, I guess, after after 2020. But I guess we will see what comes of it. I'm just really hoping that Jimmy is not the next Ellen because I, I do like him. But anyway, today's episode, I have author Chris Parsons. So Chris Parsons wrote a book called The Happy Healthy Marriage Reset. So this is interesting because he uh, had been married 12 years. He had or has four kids and things just weren't going well. And why I thought that his book was so interesting was he was like, you know, the other person doesn't have to want to change. They don't even have to be interested in repairing the marriage. This can be all on one person. So I thought that was like really, um, I guess, odd in a way because I've never heard that before. But you will hear what he has to say. And he seems like a super genuine, passionate guy. So um, without further ado, here is my interview with author Chris Parsons. The stress and crowds of holiday shopping can put a damper on your holiday spirit, and you don't always find all the perfect gifts you're looking for. The Virginia Lotteries games make easy and tremendously fun gifts for all the adults in your life, even you. Spruce up your gift-giving game this holiday season with the Virginia Lottery. The Virginia Lottery's holiday scratchers are a gift any adult will love. Treat yourself to some winter wonderment and play the lottery's holiday online instant games from anywhere in Virginia. Visit valottery.com slash holiday. Please gift responsibly. Lottery games are not for minors. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA. Get a quote today. So I want to tell you, I was reading your bio and what totally drew me to you and, and your book about marriage and repairing marriages is number one, you tested this out on yourself, on your own marriage, which I think is so important. And number two, you mentioned something, you know, in the title of your book or in the book that the other person doesn't necessarily have to want to change. So I find that to be super interesting. And if you could just elaborate on that, I would love it. Absolutely. So, um, you know, doing this on my own marriage was out of necessity. <laughs> uh, my wife, things, had, had, things got so toxic between us Um and she said she wanted a separation, and I had read all the marriage books. We had been doing, you know, marriage Bible studies and everything, uh, mm. seeing counselors, trying to fix things, and nothing was helping. And so in that process, I really discovered what I was doing wrong, what I could do different, and how to transform a marriage. Mm. Um and I, I really did it um, without her help at the start. You know, you do need both people to create a great marriage, but you don't need both to start. One person can start mm-hmm. making the changes, which changes the other one's views uh, and feelings to make them want to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I that makes sense. You know, that totally makes sense. And um I don't know if you could share just some examples, um, if, or if that's too personal, you don't have to, but just to give people, I guess, an idea of how, how this kind of kickstarted for you. Yeah. So there are five habits that build resentment. And that's really what I discovered was that I was doing these things, um, 
and allowing my wife to do these things that were building up all this bitterness and this resentfulness where we both felt invisible. We felt like our feelings didn't matter. We weren't appreciated or valued for who we were. Mm. Um, And that leads to, you know, depending on the couple, some couples, it's emotional disconnection where you're living like roommates, you know, passing like strangers in the house. Right. And then other couples, things get really toxic where, you know, it's just nasty and mean, uh, a lot of criticism, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that. In my marriage, we would cycle between the two. So it it felt like we had, we had to either choose because if we didn't ignore each other, then we were toxic. Interesting. And so, uh, yeah. And, you know, one of the biggest of those five habits, um, is sweeping things under the rug. It's allowing the hurts to build up and pretending to be okay when you aren't and, Mm. you know, thinking, well, I forgive them. So it's okay. Um, or this isn't worth the fight. You know, I don't want to create an issue out of this. Right. And the, the problem is those hurts do not go away. And in every marriage, hurts are going to happen. You know, we're all selfish people. We all make mistakes. We all make bad assumptions about mm-hmm. why our spouse is doing something. Right, um, right. And, and so the worst mistake is to not address those things because you're, uh, th- those hurts are compounding and they're getting bigger and bigger over time. They're not going away. Okay. I guess I'm, so I'm trying to process what you just said. And the, the part yeah. about the hurt, uh, and I guess that not going away. I mean, if you discuss it in, in your marriage and the other person is, is incredibly sorry for what they did to hurt you and, you know, their spouse is saying, I forgive you. I mean, to me, that's sort of on, on the spouse to say, well, let's talk about this further then. I don't just forgive you. You know, I guess it's kind of like, how, how long do you have to keep that going for, right? Holding grudges or, or not forgiving or talking about it, if, if I'm making sense. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if I'm, yeah. yeah. So, so the big mistake that too many people make is they just don't talk about it. Okay. Um, and so they aren't addressing it. And this goes both ways, right? Because I can have my own hurt that I'm not addressing with her. Mm -hmm. And I can also notice that she is hurt um, and withdrawing and, you know, not as engaged in the relationship. And I can ignore that as well. Right. Um, Right. And so uh, it, it is all about communication um, and really the, you know, the next mistake people make when they do try to talk about it is they tell their spouse what to do. I want you to do this. And that creates a sense of obligation where we feel like we have to do this in order to make our spouse happy, which builds more resentment because nobody likes being told what to do. (laughs) Of course. Um, And so the, the right way to have that discussion is, here's what you did and here's how it made me feel. Here's 
what I would like to change. But then you're giving them the option, not a sense of obligation right. um, or a demand, but a simple, this would make me feel different. Yes. And, and um, it, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> actually, yeah. And you can actually get your spouse to do the same thing, right? Because, you know, it's, a, it's enforcing healthy boundaries to say, you know, if your spouse is being demanding to say, hold on, the way yeah. that you're speaking to me right now is making me feel this way. Mm. And here's what I would prefer is if you tell me how what I did made you feel so that we can then have a discussion about how to address that. Yeah, that that sounds very logical. Uh, <laughs> if my brain could think that quickly uh, in a situation like that with my husband, I definitely would. <laughs> um, I and guess... Uh, go ahead. Nobody does perfectly. Yeah. Nobody does perfectly at first. It's a habit that has to change. And, you know, yeah. just like you don't have to remember to brush your teeth, I hope, um, <laughs> you don't have to force yourself to do this very long, but for the first few weeks, you do have to be very intentional about it in order to develop that habit to where it's second nature. Yeah. Yeah. That, that definitely, um, that definitely makes sense. I could, I could see myself having to take a few weeks to really get it embedded ingrained in my brain, you know? Um, now you, you have four children. I read that, you know, I have two, I can't, oh my goodness. I can't imagine doubling it. But that puts an entirely different type of stress on a marriage, um, in my opinion. And obviously, you know, children are wonderful and they are such a gift. But I do truly believe that um, before you really experience children, I, I kind of felt like my husband and I didn't really get into any arguments until we had kids just because, you know, your lives change so much um, and so drastically, you know. Stress and trauma are two of the biggest triggers um, uh, that the, the underlying problems are usually there, but they're not real visible and they mm. don't have uh, near as bad of an effect until they're triggered, either with stress, which could be, you know, money stress, it could be kids, yeah. it could be, you know, family drama, work, whatever. Um, uh, or trauma and what happens with trauma a lot of times. And this really, you know, when things started to really <clears throat> go bad in my wife and I's marriage mm. was my wife had a stillborn, our first child. Um, she was eight months pregnant oh. and, and uh, so sorry. You know, the baby passed away. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. and what happens when you have trauma like that is you start trying to, what you tell yourself is that you're protecting your spouse's feelings mm. and that you're holding in things and you're not addressing problems and you're doing all this out of a genuine care and concern for them. Mm -hmm. um, but it builds resentment in both. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine navigating something like that. I mean, you, you truly, I, I do believe to get through a tragedy, tragedy like that, you do have to be cohesive because you do hear about so many couples splitting up after, you know, there's a, a tragedy that happens, you know, with involving a child's 
sometimes there's blame placed and and sometimes, you know, it's what you said, you know, you, you're not intentionally trying to alienate them or make them feel a certain way. You truly think you're doing, you're doing the right thing, but yeah, that's, that's tough. Yeah. The, I think the divorce rate for couples that lose a child is like 90%. It's crazy. (gasps) Oh my gosh. I had no idea. That is crazy. Wow. Um, I mean, so, so do you like now, you know, it's, it's 2023, you guys are thriving, you're doing well, you know, you've got, you know, this wonderful family and you really do attribute that to following these, these steps that you've been, been mentioning. Absolutely. I, you know, we, the, I, Ultimately, the biggest mistake that most couples make is they are trying to cope with being unhappy mm-hmm. instead of raising their standards to say it's not okay to be unhappy, right? For either one of us. Yeah. yeah. And so a lot of people, when they're trying to save their marriage, their spouse is saying they want a divorce or whatever, they are trying to beg or convince their spouse to stay. And what they are in effect doing is saying, I want you to find a way to be okay with being unhappy Mm. so that you'll stay. Um, And so, you know, what, what I did was raise my standards to say, Mm. okay, I can't go back to the way that things were before because we both deserve better. Yeah. And yeah. that changed everything. Wow. That's like, that's really, I love that. I really do love that. Um, you know, cause I think that applies for a lot of things, not just, you know, not just, um, you know, I want you to stay because of X, Y, Z. I want you to do this because I, I think, yeah, I think that applies for, yeah, for a lot of things. So Chris, I really want to thank you for your time. And I, I would love to um, know where people can follow you and find your book. Absolutely. So you can get the book from my website. It's www.happyhealthymarriageresets.com, which comes with the free audio book, or you can get the paperback on Amazon. Um, and I'm on you know Facebook and Instagram, uh, Happy Healthy Marriage Reset. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. I'm literally on my phone ordering your book right now. So thank you again. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, everyone. That was Chris Parsons, author of The Happy Healthy Marriage Reset. I ordered the book on on Amazon, so um, I, you know I'll read it. I like to read. I'll read anything. So this could be interesting. I feel like you know, if anything, it um, it doesn't hurt to always work on your marriage and work on things with your partner. So anyway, if you like this episode, please don't forget to rate and subscribe wherever you listen. And I will be back next week with another episode of Lauren Interviews.